Hi, and welcome to the Family Business Podcast. I'm your host, Russ Hayworth, and in each episode, I will discuss and explore the key challenges facing family businesses today. As a family business advisor, I'm passionate about helping families to overcome the complex and unique challenges that come from being in business together. So if what I cover in the show resonates with you, I'm here to help, and I would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me at fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ. You can also sign up to the newsletter there and receive the latest blogs, podcasts and videos directly in your inbox. I would like to thank my friends at the Institute for Family Business for their continuing support for what I'm doing with this show. The IFB is a unique community of family businesses with common challenges, interests, values and goals. To find out more about their work, visit ifb.org.uk. Let's get on with the show. Well, hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Family Business Podcast. I hope you are doing well. It is blowing an absolute hoolie here as I record this episode. I'm not sure if that's a universal term or not, but it effectively means it is very windy and rainy here. So if you hear any of that in the background, that is why I am sat in the, I'd like to call it a studio, but the reality is it's at my home office, but just outside the window, it is very, very windy. So today's episode is going to be talking about a term which I've, I have i don't really like if I'm being honest, but it, it is a term that often comes up when speaking to people around family business and associated uh, challenges, etc. And that is the term of professionalising the family business and we'll get into some of the detail around what that means what it looks like and some of the ways that it might be applying to your business right now but beforehand I wanted to just remind everybody to subscribe to the newsletter so each month I send newsletter subscribers all the podcast episodes for that month but also articles and links to various other resources that may be of use and and may be valuable to you either if you're in a family business or if you work with family businesses there's some great resources to be shared there the sign up process for the newsletter is to just head over to fanbizpodcast.com on the home page there there's a form that asks for your first name and your email address you then click on the submit or join the newsletter button and you'll then get an email asking you to confirm your subscription and that can sometimes be dropped into your junk folder so if you've signed up on the website and not received that email check your junk folder or sign up again or just drop me an email at russ at familybusinesspartnership.com and I will add you to the list manually. The next thing I was going to mention or actually ask if, if that's okay is Whatever service you're using in order to listen to this episode, they will have the ability in there to give the show a rating. Now, what the ratings do is allow other people to find the podcast. So if there's lots of positive ratings for a show, then the algorithms behind the scenes will look at that and go, well, there's lots of other people enjoying it. Let's put it front and center for those that perhaps haven't found it yet. And my aim with the podcast is to try and get as much useful information out to family businesses across the world. And so if you are enjoying it, if the show has been useful or beneficial to you, if you can just leave me a review in either iTunes, Spotify, um, 
whatever podcast app you're using. It's usually right there on the front screen. You can just click leave a review and ideally the five star ones always look better. But that would be very much appreciated, as I say, to help others find the show. So as I say, we're going to be talking about professionalization within the family business. And the reason I don't like the phrase is that it kind of suggests that everything's been unprofessional up until that point. And the term professionalizing the family business relates more to the process of formalizing what's already happening rather than saying what's been done is wrong and we need to restart and you know, copy everything from a how-to manual on how to run a business, for example. And there are various different stages within the life of a family business where professionalization may be something that crops up on your agenda or the need to look at it may crop up. And it won't be labeled as professionalizing the family business, but it comes under that banner. So I'm gonna cover some of those now in terms of the circumstances that might arise where an element of professionalization is needed but as I say don't take that if this resonates with you don't take this as what you've done previously as being unprofessional it's just that as your business grows evolves becomes larger perhaps needs to have more people involved in it part of that formalization and part of that process is what we're referring to with the term professionalization So when might issues around professionalization crop up? Well, as I said earlier, as your business grows and evolves, it might be necessary to bring more structure around how things are done. So if it's a founder's business and you're now employing a management team and you're then looking to, in order to help facilitate and manage the growth within the business, add additional layers of responsibility within the business such as a board of directors for example those are examples of the professionalization or the formalization of things within the family business so it should be seen as a, a positive element that the business is evolving in a way that requires it to have perhaps more deliberate forums and deliberate structures in order to help support the operations of that business And one example of that is if you are looking to bring in an external senior recruit, so somebody who may be sitting within the management team, it might be somebody who's coming in to sit on your board, but they are essentially from outside of your business and they are bringing in a level of knowledge, skill or expertise that will help develop your business. But it might be the first time that you've brought somebody into a position like that from outside of the family. And that can create some concerns and some reluctance on your part because it may be seen that they are going to come in and you know tell you that everything you've been doing is terrible and it's wrong and uh, how have you managed to get this far. The reality is that that's very rarely the case if you um, take the process on in an open-minded way and there's lots of things you can have as discussion points with those people to ensure that the right person is coming in to do the job that you're bringing them in to do. Sometimes it can be a byproduct of a transition of ownership or management Um, amongst generations particularly on the management side that if a founder has been doing 
pretty much everything within the business because that's the nature of the founder is that there is you know no one else to do the work very often but as the business grows and evolves that can then be delegated down to senior management team to other family members who might be looking to join the business and at that stage if bringing in an external recruit is something that is the only way to plug the particular gap in the business then it can open some of the concerns around what that external person is going to think of what's happened um, to date. The reality is if the business has grown to a point where it needs that level of expertise and it needs somebody from outside the family to come in, again, that's a positive to be taken forward rather than something to be um, overly concerned about. One of the biggest areas of professionalization I see with family businesses is the formalization of the board. And typically it could be there are only family members on a board and that the board meetings are really just family conversations around the kitchen table. And again, if that's what works for the business, then that's fine. But as part of the progression and the growth that you're looking to see within the business, creating a more formal structure with the right reports, the right agenda items, and the right structure to a board meeting to create the level of accountability that's needed in order for those boards to be effective might be something that you can focus on as part of the professionalization of what you're doing. Adding an independent uh, non-exec director again is a stage where you bring in somebody who has a specific skill set. I have done an episode entirely dedicated to NEDS and I'll put a link to that in the show notes uh, on what you should look for, what to avoid um, and how to go about appointing a NED on is all included in that episode. But bringing in a non-exec um, again can be quite a daunting prospect but again broadly seen as a positive step. One of the elements of bringing in an external voice that is an independent voice or somebody from outside the family is it starts to uh, diversify the opinions. It's, it starts to avoid some of the groupthink that can happen and the collective thought around the um, family side of things that can obviously be hugely positive but also can be quite narrow. So Adding in that external voice helps to overcome that. One of the other more common areas I see within family businesses around the formalization side is job descriptions and the roles and responsibilities that each of the family members have. Now, again, this is not a criticism, it's just an observation. But if the business has been established and members of the family have joined the business over time and developed and evolved into a role that they serve particularly well it can be really tricky to sit down and go okay we need a a contract of employment or we need a job description or we need a level of uh, accountability created for that role it can be difficult to introduce that but not doing so can also create challenges and i've seen it where an external recruit has been brought into the business with a job description, with clear roles and responsibilities for that job. But some of that is already being done by family members, but in an informal basis, because there isn't a job description for that family member. And that can make it really tricky for the person who's been brought in to do that job to be able to do their job. 
because if they feel as if they're stepping on a family member's toes when they're doing the job that's been described to them, it can create some unintended tension. So it's generally sensible, if you can, to list out your roles and responsibilities, the job that you fulfil within the family business. If nothing else, to help with continuity, if for whatever reason that person's unable to perform their role, so that could be through illness or more severely through death, but having those roles and responsibilities written down, documented, placed within job descriptions can be beneficial as part of a process to formalize what's happening within the business. One of the other areas is perhaps around the need to separate the forums that are happening for discussions around the ownership side of the business, the day-to-day management of the business, and then obviously the family element that lies within your family business, which is what makes family businesses unique, is, is the presence of those three systems. Very often in the formative years of a business, all of those discussions are just held as is necessary, as is needed in order to get the business to a point where it is on a much firmer footing. There is the ability to grow and increase um, staff numbers. But part of that formalization is then looking at, are we having the right conversations in the right place with the right people present? So if it's conversations about ownership, is that done via a separate shareholders meeting? If it's a um, meeting with family members who might not be shareholders, but you want to have an input into the business, is that held in an appropriate forum with the right people attending to talk about that? And then that goes into the board and into your management discussions as well. So ensuring that you're having all the right conversations with the right people and structuring those so that they are happening on an ongoing basis rather than ad hoc is another step towards that formalization process. Generally speaking, the elements of this formalization should really be seen as a positive because the business is growing sufficiently and is becoming more complex or sufficiently complex to require the help and assistance from a formalized board or from a senior management team or as I say, the the need for more formal job descriptions, the forums um, and, and everything else that needs to be created. So that's all really positive stuff because it means that the business is doing well. It needs to be more than just the sort of informal way that has got you to, to where it is. But there are often some common barriers or challenges that I hear around these areas. And I think it's worth addressing these in this show. And the first one that I hear more often than not is that by formalizing the structure of things, it's going to become a break on the behavior of what got us to where it is that we have got to. And I can understand that viewpoint is that if the business has been successful to the point where it needs to bring in Uh, external people and they're going to come in with their own ideas and say well we should be doing it this way or that way or let's structure it differently have more formal processes is that actually going to lead to a negative impact on the business itself or the relationships within that business 
And my response to that is very often is you have the ability to create the culture within your business that means that you can have the best of both worlds. It doesn't have to be all of a sudden that there's this hugely formal corporate structure within the business. You have the ability to design how you want that to be, how you want the structure of the business to be uh, internally. And you're in control of any of the recruitment process. Because if it's you that's looking for the help and support, then you can make sure you find somebody who is able to do that. And one of the things I suggest to families that I'm working with when they're in this stage is to be honest with those people that are being recruited. Lots and lots of people who aren't part of family businesses who then join family businesses love the fact that they feel part of the family, that there are you know, the nuances and the quirks of family managed and family operated businesses that aren't there in in corporate world where it's perhaps a bit colder and and less friendly, sweeping generalization, I know. But but in that regard, then you have the, the best of both worlds. You're able to bring in more formality and structure to the business, but with your family's personality at the heart of it. And that's more likely to lead to a successful outcome for everybody is if both of those sides are um, embraced. In terms of the formalization of the structure around perhaps a board being introduced, the the break on behavior concern is more closely aligned to say one or two people within the business who fear that if I bring in this structure, am I gonna lose control over what happens in the business on a day-to-day basis? Am I going to lose my decision-making ability? And if that's a founder, it can be, well, hang on, I've set up the business. It's, it's my vision, my viewpoints that are getting us to where we are today. I don't need somebody coming in telling me how to do um, my job. Again, if you're approaching it from a positive element and looking at the benefits of bringing in somebody with different viewpoints and different opinions, you can still have the discussions where you share your viewpoints, but you're also taking on other people's views as well, which to me leads to the greater possibility of uh, longer term success than if it was just pure groupthink around um, the boardroom table as an example. One of the other concerns that I come across is a fear of being, I'll put this in inverted commas, caught out. And what I mean by that is that if the business has been mainly run and operated by family members and that has been successful, has been uh, profitable and positive, the concern can be that by bringing somebody in from the outside that they turn and go, oh my goodness, what's been going on here? And again, I think because you're in control of that process and the business has been successful that's the reason why it's having come in if somebody's going to come in with the viewpoint of there is this only this way to do things and that's what you're bringing me in to do they're probably not going to be a good fit for the business so you can weed those concerns out during any recruitment process by setting out what is it we're actually looking for to bring in we want somebody to come in and further enhance what it is that we're doing not cut across what we're doing Therefore, build that into your recruitment process, the way you talk to people, the way you go about finding those people. And again, it it can be a a fear that is allayed through that process rather than waiting until someone's in their seat and uh, perhaps causing some challenges. Which brings me on to, again, 
Uh, another concern I hear quite often is that outsiders of uh, the business or, or those outside the family won't get it and won't understand the family-ness of the business that they're joining. And for me, again, this is a communication opportunity for you to really talk openly and honestly about what it is that makes your family business so great, that what it is that makes it a great place to come and do what the the role is there to allow them to do, because it is coming into a a different culture to perhaps what they're used to if they've never worked in a, a family business before. Articulating that to them is a really powerful opportunity to reaffirm to yourselves why this is such a great business as well. And if none of that's been documented or written down, it's also a really good opportunity for a family to go, well, these are the reasons we, we're great. This is why we're doing so well. is because we lead these values. And there's a bit on values in previous episodes of the show you might want to check out if you've missed those. If the broader values, the broader mission of the family isn't documented, it may be that there's other elements that aren't documented, which takes me back to the what I'm saying about job descriptions and roles and responsibilities. And it might be that by bringing somebody in, you're having to write out job descriptions and roles and responsibilities for the first time. And that can be a bit of a um, drain on time, on resource. But from my perspective, I believe that's a very useful Um, exercise to do purely for the continuity of the business because if people are doing lots of different things and that's not been written down it's not been formally recognized as to this is what role that person is performing if for whatever reason that person can't perform the role as I said earlier through illness or, or through death then it leaves a big gap and somebody's got to come in and go what is it that they were doing Whereas if you write it down and formalise it and structure it in a way that allows that to be picked up, it assists the business in continuing should those horrible events that stop somebody from working um, happen. So again, although it is a legitimate concern that nothing's been written down, therefore this is a big task to undertake, my view is that that should be seen again as a positive as we are building robustness and continuity into the business should anything disastrous happen. And as I say, if there isn't clearly defined roles, the person coming in to do that job can feel stifled in their job and therefore they'll stay for a while and then realise actually I can't do the job that I'm being brought in to do because XYZ number of family members are already doing parts of what it is that I'm being brought in to do. So to avoid that, being clear on all those roles and responsibilities is a great way to do that. So although there are some common barriers and challenges I think that these can all be overcome by being open about them about being honest about what the concerns are and articulating them amongst you as a family because very often they can be answered through those conversations of well I'm concerned this might happen okay we're aware of that let's make sure that doesn't happen and there are a huge number of benefits that can come from having an element of this formalization and professionalization of of what's happening within um, the business and the first one is that although it may take some time initially to do this the overall result should be that it frees up time because you're bringing in people processes and structures to make things more efficient and if things are more efficient it allows you to have the time that you want to be doing the things that you want to be doing so that's a little bit of initial pain shall we say I don't want to over dramatize it too much in, in that sense 
But if if there's an element of it that is, we've got to do some hard work for the next few weeks, months, in order to put this formalization in place, once it's there, it creates a foundation for additional growth. And it creates that strong, robust element of something you can then build upon to further grow and create more efficiencies within the business. As I've mentioned earlier, the addition of external voices, particularly on your board, is a way for somebody to bring in very specific experience of it may be a particular marketplace, it may be a particular subset of what it is you're trying to achieve that you don't have that expertise within the family. But by bringing that person in as an external voice, it allows you to avoid the groupthink that can sometimes be present within a family business. And so that again strengthens the business and allows you to continue to to grow and pursue towards what it is that you're trying to achieve. It's also a reflection of your success. It's a reflection of the fact that the business has grown and developed and evolved into something that requires more structure, more processes and and more um, formality around it. And that's a really positive thing because it shows that it's working and that what you're doing is building something that requires a little bit more in terms of the structure. So again, although it can be seen as a bit of additional work, it's because you're now dealing with something perhaps different from how the business was when it was started. But seeing that as a positive and embracing this in a positive sense is half the battle in terms of overcoming any of the challenges and concerns you've got Because if you're seeing it as a progressive, overall, really positive step, you can deal with the nuisance element of some of the challenges and concerns as you go through that. The other element is that it helps with continuity of the business. Now, we're not talking in the sense of just pure succession planning, as you know, I've referred to that as continuity planning historically. But the continuity of the business is that if there is, you know, dramatic example, if there was an instruction manual of this is how to run this business, which covered absolutely everything that goes into that um, business structure. If for whatever reason the people running and operating that business weren't able to do so, somebody could come in and go, okay, this is what needs to be done. This is how it needs to be done. This is what the values are, what's important to the family in order to do that. And so it helps with that continuity and minimise some of the risk that could come up if there were some sort of bad scenarios happening within the business. And the last point I'd like to make on this is it's a progression. So it's not going to be, you know, you go home on a Friday night with no formal structures in place, come, come in on a Monday morning and you've got a completely new constructed board, you've got roles and responsibilities outlined, you've got a new management structure, you've got new processes and controls throughout the business on a Monday morning, and you've got to get used to working that way. You can spend the time to design what you want that structure to look like and progress towards it. So rather than it be seen as a negative, rather than it be seen as something coming in as a a break on your behavior, which can sometimes be the um, case, particularly things around governance, you can design and decide what it is that you want the business to look like in order to support the plans that you have for it going forward. And if that involves external people, brilliant, then you can start looking at how that might work. If that involves a different structure around the board, Think about what it is you want your board to do and how you want it to to perform 
and then you can progress towards that so it is a progression rather than an overnight this is you know everything's going to change when you come in tomorrow morning and for me that's the biggest opportunity of this is that over time in the same way as the episode I recorded around goals and habits in the same way as the behaviors that we display compound over time it's the same with this process is that if you start off with something small and then build on it over time and, and gradually aim towards something that you're aspiring it to be then it compounds and it becomes easier and it makes the business more efficient and it makes you know everybody's roles really clear within the business which leads to you know greater efficiency in terms of what they're doing so the results of it can reaffirm what it is you're trying to achieve with the business and your approach to it can be one that isn't all or nothing so i hope that's been a useful overview of the term professionalizing the family business and what it entails with regards to the sort of areas that it covers it can be a daunting prospect as i've covered but again my view is that if you approach it in a positive manner that's half the battle and if you're listening and this resonates and you're feeling some of these challenges yourself please do feel free to get in touch this is what i do for a living so if uh, you think i could help then i'd be delighted to have a conversation to see um, if i can if not i can point you in the right direction to some other resources and we can go from there so on next week's show i'm going to be talking about success or succession it's a personal uh, bugbear of mine don't worry it won't be a rant but it's just me covering some of the views that i have on whether our definition of success for a family business should be the ability for it to pass from one generation to another and i've got some what i think are interesting views on that so look forward to sharing those in next week's show as a reminder if you can leave me a review that would be brilliant and if you haven't done so already make sure you join the newsletter um, list by heading to fanbizpodcast.com and filling out the form and then clicking on the button in the follow-up email i hope you have a great week wherever you are listening to this and i look forward to speaking to you soon take care thanks for listening i really do appreciate it if you found the show helpful please consider leaving a review on itunes and remember to subscribe to our newsletter if what i've covered in the show resonates with what you are facing in your own family business i can help I provide consultancy support to family businesses of all sizes, so please get in touch if you'd like to know more. Head over to fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ. Until next time, take care.